So we are for the Republica. I am Irene Franco Rubio. I'm Angelica Cesar. And I'm Juan Hinojos. And we're coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. We are three progressives leading the discussion around progressive politics. Um, for the Republica is a conversation about progressive values, community, and engagement for the good and future of the Republica. What sets us apart from different podcasts is the fact that we are trying to take our listeners through the journey that we've been through, both in our leadership development and our political engagement, and just in getting involved to begin with. I think we're going to cover a lot of topics that, for instance, I would have liked to have heard when I first got involved. Talk about like colorism. Let's talk about what it means to be a progressive and what are the different ways that we can get involved, whether that's a political campaign, a community organization, or even interning or working for the government. So we can really talk about our experiences and do it as friends, because I think that's really what makes this different yeah and, and even spreading information on that end too is like knowing your elected officials how to get to know your elected officials um know who represents you and what they stand for and i think that's important too when it comes to these types of conversations that we're having because ultimately the government is a lot in different aspects in your life yeah and i think more than anything too is just to have fun along the way i think we're all good friends and we want to keep this light and we want to keep this engaging with our listeners so i think that's also a huge part of why we're doing what we're doing we really want to build a community with more people and feel people make people feel more included no for sure i think that when we came up with this idea we thought you know we would bring a unique perspective and we're creating something that hasn't really been done before you know there's a lot of podcasts that come from i would say more white spaces right. um and so we're bringing not only a progressive voice, but also a youthful approach um, in trying to, I don't know, create a political movement that is inclusive of everybody rather than just, um, you know, the people in society that often get the, the coverage in their communities. Um, so we're bringing a unique approach. Yeah, and I think with talking about our communities, I think we're also going to make it a point to talk about how diverse, like the Latinx community, for instance, is. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's really important to acknowledge that we all come from different backgrounds, mm -hmm. whether that be immigration status or coming from a different country, um, speaking different languages, acknowledging the fact that maybe we don't all speak Spanish. So really talking about things that makes us different that have really guided our journey. Yeah, and and by no means, like Edina did mention, that we are in not in a means political experts or we're experts in this field but because of our experiences and what we've been through in the trajectory in our life so far i think it's important that we're at least able to bring our experiences that we've had to share it with others and then hopefully be able to motivate and get people to get involved like we have in our journeys and how that happened and how that shaped us as individuals and where we are now in our lives yeah i think that ultimately this is to engage and empower the next generation um at this point in society it has proven that you know we need everybody to be involved in the movement um and so through political and cultural conversations were able to provide the public with um, relevant national political news in addition to relevant Arizona news and Arizona activism as well as what's going on at the Arizona legislature. Right. And I think more than ever, it's important now just because of like you were talking about, like just looking at the Arizona state legislature, there have been so many pieces of legislation that are being heard that are going to harm our community. So it's really important to one, talk about it, but also show people how they can make a change and they can make a difference within this space. And then two, looking at the broader election year, like you can look at presidential elections. That's a huge year. That's 
something big that's going to happen and impact a lot of our communities specifically i think for me like impacting um mixed status families in the immigrant community uh, so there's really a lot on the line for us yeah absolutely. yeah and over time through these episodes we hope to invite guest speakers who are you know members of the community who are either representatives um community organizers and just people involved in the movement in addition to people who aren't in the movement i want to get involved um i think ultimately it's to create this progressive change we hope to see not only in phoenix but across the united states so we were all interns on capitol hill we were chci interns that's totally a sponsoring yeah, a quote right there. Institute. Brought to you by. <laughs> Brought to you by CHCI. Um, there are no So we're products of CHCI, mm-hmm. um, but also our products of our own stories. Um, that part. But It just so happened. We yeah, all met so through CHCI. Met. Exactly. Yes. We um, and Angelica and I knew each other beforehand. Um, we did not know Irene, or at least I didn't know of Irene, nor know Irene. Um, <laughs> and I didn't meet Irene until arriving at Ronald Reagan International Airport where we had to ride the same um that's right we were on the same plane were you I I knew you guys from the beginning when I got on the plane I was like I knew you guys were there and we didn't say hi to each other okay Mina sorry she wait and the worst thing is we had to lay over in Chicago and she still didn't say hi to literally we were behind her we're like should we say hi okay but anyway um yeah we met there and then we went to our apartment and oh i remember juan is super hungry and he was like let's go get tortas and he was on mad i literally stole my sweater because it was cold and mad i was hangry that was funny yeah and we tried colombian food for the first time or at least i did oh we did yeah that was when you know the squad was um and that's where most of us got together and kind of created that group chat and friend group that we had Mm -hmm. that lasted until our last day in dc um or summit hills my god yeah, um, so we all lived in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we would take the metro down. The well, red like line. About 30 like, minutes down the red line. It was line. like 45 minutes was on the red line. Sometimes. I was too tired. It would See, stop. I always that thought it would was break <laughs> all the time. Like, th- there was no. <laughs> it was 25 minutes. My it was experience not is not 25 <laughs> Okay. Because Juan would be like late every day. No, I had to But you be made it on time. Literally. Than everyone, oh, right. Because right. yeah. right. you ran yeah. your office and they were never there. Yeah. Please note. Oh, wait. We can't say names. That's the first office I was interning now. Disregard that. Um,. Yeah, she. It was an experience for I think all of us, and then right. um, it was just three, you know, West Valley kids uh, or Arizona kids. Yes, two West um, Valley. Two West Valley. That's oh me wow! And Sorry, well, Andy's Tempe, from Tempe. Go Devils! Hi. <laughs> um, um, and then now here we are, like, uh, you know, shooting this and filming this, and um, hopefully being able to share. I think the relationship that we've built, and hopefully that comes across in the conversations and facilitations that we're going to have right. um, for everyone listening that it's like an authentic and real and you know we keep each other accountable so I think that's very important when these type of things occur only because um, we're able to have those conversations uh, pretty raw so yeah and I think it also helps to be able to have like that support system because I remember like back in DC anytime that anything would happen or anytime that we would feel excluded in our offices or even being on the hill and like to see how that's translated here when a lot of things are going down, like we can always just kind of like talk to each other and process it, which I think mm-hmm. is really helpful, especially when you're involved in politics or Absolutely. keeping up in any way yeah. or trying. Everyone yeah. that knows that's involved knows that politics drains you. Every day is a new thing and every day presents itself as a new challenge. So having that support system, I think, is very important. And I think going back to D.C., we don't mention, well, we didn't mention a lot of the cool things that happened as well. Like we were there during such a historic time. Yeah. The impeachment went down. Uh, we met AOC. That was really cool. AOC super cool. And Julian Castro. We met Julian Castro. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> At the, yeah, CHI Gala. Um, we also met 
then at the time, Pete Buttigieg, who was running yes. former South Bend of mm-hmm. or former mayor of South Bend, or yeah, South mayor Bend, of South Bend, Indiana. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, um, it's been a long. You guys day. saw Nancy Pelosi that one day. I was waiting for you guys yeah. outside oh in the rain. God. She was wearing her pink suit, and it was the most oh, iconic thing. Was. Like I w- just waved awkwardly from afar. Um, I was like, oh my god, sorry, I wouldn't know. I was waiting for you guys in the rain. So. And Thanks, then, guys. I mean, but then you saw the whole squad outside. You're right. Okay, then I met AOC and Ayana and then Rashida. That was yeah. really cool. Um, and then even then, the nights that we spent outside the Supreme Court for the DACA case. Oh, yeah. Juan yeah, stayed. Was, Juan got stayed. interviewed I by got everybody. I was one of the lucky ones. 56 out of 60. It was cold. It was miserable weather, you know, but... Those are the things that you have to gotta be a part of when it comes to politics. And Seriously, like I remember we like when Antonio and I first went, we just decided to sit down in front of the Supreme Court, and I was still wearing my heels, still wearing like my work outfit, and then we walked to Walmart to like buy socks and buy <laughs> like <laughs> blankets and the chairs just so we could camp out. So that was that was an experience. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. And I didn't even plan to camp out, and then I get a call from <laughs> Ankeli Gassi. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, you showed up in my apartment. Then, yeah, and then I grabbed Irene. <laughs> Eden and I ended up there, even though we weren't planning to that night or even at all. And then mm-hmm. out of, you know, we ended up in the Supreme Court. So that was an experience itself. And then we met uh, Greta Thunberg. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Greta. 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 kind of chased her down. Yes. Yeah. We totally did. She was walking with her, like, security person. Yeah. And, yeah, that was enlightening. Um, yeah. Um, but did y'all ever think we would get to do that? Because I know growing up, like, I never thought that no, I would even, never. Like, go to dc i didn't even know i was gonna be in politics at all in any shape or form i think that has a lot to do with you know not having the access to resources or the access to recognizing my political power um but i mean luckily i was able to find it early on i always joke about this but remember i didn't think so either because i got denied first so i was like oh yeah i'm not going to (laughs) dc and then here i was uh i think four weeks before everyone else flew out they were like fine we'll give you an offer yeah. Um, so there I find myself. Um, but yeah, it's it was absolutely John Lewis. I was one of the lucky ones to oh, yeah, we have met him. him. Yeah. Um, you know, now he's battling cancer and stage four and stuff. So it's pretty grim news. But an icon like that, that you are able to witness in places like DC, places of power that most of the time our people in our communities aren't able to access. So um, that privilege that comes being in those same hallways as so many other powerful people. But also the blessing that it comes with that the information and the knowledge that we learned out there we can bring back mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of responsibility that i came to realize that comes with having access to opportunities like that you come back and you feel like you need to do something with the power that you have recently obtained and it's a matter of giving it out to everybody else who doesn't have the same access mm-hmm. and i think that's what drives us all that's ultimately what drives me and why i got involved in this work and why i will continue to be part of it um and so that's what this podcast is ultimately about to give others with the access to information and i don't know political perspective um to become engaged in the community and as to why it matters because like i said earlier whether you like politics or not politics touches every aspect of your life mm-hmm. um from the, how much you pay for a tag on a car to how much you're paying for tips at a restaurant everything literally matters and it's all done through the legislature so that's true. So thank you, yeah. Angie, for your um, <laughs> service. What are you your services about? at the legislature. <laughs> Starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, like, I never thought that I would have that kind of access. Like, for me personally, getting engaged in politics came out of a place of necessity, never out of a place of, like, oh, I want to, like, build community power. Because I didn't even know what that was. I think, for me, it really came down to how specifically immigration policies were impacting my family and just really feeling the need to do something about it didn't really know what i wanted to do about it i think that was the hard part 
in addition to not feeling that confidence that I in that moment needed to become engaged so I think that's why this matters to me too it's really about like taking kind of like that shiny glossy whatever cover that's on politics right now just to make it a little bit more accessible a little bit easier to understand for people who were like in the the place that I once was Mm -hmm. where you really feel the necessity to do something whether that be for survival or for the survival of your family members I think it comes down to making it accessible and I think what got us all politically engaged early on had to do with uh, SB 1070 and being in Arizona and the racism that's here Uh, I think that's the beginning to a lot of our activism stories for um, members of the community and I just think that together we're able to not only empower ourselves but empower everybody else to become engaged as well so yeah we all got politically engaged early on in our lives uh, not be not by choice but because Arizona and SB 1070 was well impacted even sorry it impacted the undocumented community um, the Latinx community people of color in general and so from there we were able to realize our political power but also you know realize that there's racism here and people are mean and then the it's like not even hidden racism and I think it's Arizona has been known at least in that time to have very open racism and I mean even now it still does but like you think of figures like Sheriff Joe Arpaio um, Governor Jen Brewer um, Russell Pierce these names that for a lot of Hispanic communities incited fear um, because they were the authors of these legislations they were the one rounding up people Um, so from like you said necessity we needed to um, because our stories you know at least for me like my you know, I didn't come to this country just to sit back and let others, you right. know. Yeah. And I think to touch on like those figures that you're mentioning, like we're talking about Sheriff Joe, like I just remember always coming from come home from school and then the TV would be on, Sheriff Joe Arpaio would be on, something about 1070, something about people being mm-hmm. stopped, people being detained. And having undocumented parents and my sister also being undocumented, like that just always instilled in my head from a young age, like, oh, they're out to get us. Like, you're just never safe. So I think that made it a little bit harder for me to become engaged. My involvement didn't come until a little bit later. Um, But back then, I think just really going through that and experiencing that and watching my family and community members go through that because people were moving from the state. Like I remember that vividly, like people were leaving because they were afraid. Mm -hmm. So I think just having those memories and having lived through that has to this day, like really guided the work that I've been trying to help out with. So yeah, I remember I was in like the third grade and we went to a parade and Arpaio was there in like his big tank. I don't know why or who <laughs> invited him because like we were all Latinos, but we were in a different area. I think we went to like the East Valley or something. Of course. And I just remember like everybody booing him and my dad would always throw his name around like whenever we were driving or, or whenever a cop would show up, like we were on the street and there was a cop around that was tied to Arpaio, that was tied to Jam Brewer, like police brutality and everything involved with it. And so... From a young age, I knew that we were people that, like, white people didn't like. I didn't understand the concept. I didn't know what we had yeah. done. Um, but I knew that, you know, it wasn't right. And from then, I just started to become further informed on what was going on in Arizona. And then ultimately, it wasn't until college that it became part of the movement, um, which eventually got me to, you know, meet you guys and be in D.C. and all. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think I got same, like, with Angelica I didn't get engaged I think until later on in my life I do remember though vividly when Brewer or Governor Brewer at the time had signed it Mm -hmm. um 
I was in sixth grade and my sixth grade teacher had put it on TV. And then I remember kids break like breaking down when it was announced that she was signing it um, because if I think the longest people were it was up in the air whether she was going to sign it or not, because she was facing a lot of pressure from not just the business community, but of course, politics from outside just the state of Arizona. Um, and even then, I th- I don't think like throughout high school, I was like as informed as I am now, obviously, or as passionate about these things. Um graduated high school and then i was like oh what's my major here i I was like i like history i like government i'll do political science um i first actually want to do global studies because i want to do the un and i was like well you know create change across the world Mm. um and then i don't think it was until literally and you know i think so many others in this country which is a good thing um uh the election of 2016 i think was really what awoke something in me that i was like okay i need to start doing something for the betterment of you know, my own community and for this country, um, has provided and given to me so much. So I was like, this is, has to, this has to change. And I think what really hurt the most that night wasn't necessarily that Hillary Clinton lost. Cause obviously that was very hurtful because I was <laughs> imagining something way different in four years from where we are now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was on our way back after the viewing party, we went to the viewing party downtown with Maricopa County Dems. Um, and, we left early because at that point we knew that she wasn't going to win. Um, Sheriff now Paul Penzone had just won. So they brought him on stage to kind of lighten up the mood. And we, you know, me and my friend Michaela at the time, uh, were like, we can't do this. So we took the light rail cause we were both living, you know, freshmen's on the ASU campus and we were downtown. So we took the light rail and I remember we stopped at a stop and we still had our signs like from the Clinton rally or from just the Dem rally going on. Um, cause again, everyone was expecting her to win. And then, come on board uh african-american mother and her two kids one of them being on a little stroller one on her hand and i think that's where me and her just started breaking down because you know at the time we were still expecting i mean it's not changed but just rhetoric that he had exiled during the entire time of his candidacy and now you know being president-elect we kind of just started crying because we're like these are the people that he's gonna hurt and the things that he's already said Mm -hmm. so i think that was really where like you know you need to have a future for the entire communities that are being affected by this presidency. So I think that's where I was like, okay, I need to do something about it. And now I find myself here, you know, fast forward being in the same city as that man Mm -hmm. um, and then coming back home and then up for an election year, which is very important to make sure people understand the importance of that. So we don't have another four years of buffoonery for people of color. Yeah. Even just looking at like the state legislature, they tried to bring SB 1070 back this <laughs> yeah. year. This time around crazy. didn't happen, yeah. which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to be completely honest. Like, I was very, very scared during that process because I was like, oh, no, are we there again? Like, yeah. this is going to happen. Is what happened to me and my family going to happen to, like, families across Arizona again? Yeah. And then just watching the community come together and really advocate against it and even the business community and different institutions chiming in like everybody really unifying behind the fact that no this is not going to happen again because we've changed and we've shifted is i think really really critical and i think we need to look at that as just more of a reason to continue being involved in mm-hmm. state politics aside from the presidency which is also very important yeah. i think there are different avenues to create change and i think they're just as important the sb 1070 bills was felt as if it was something that was actually going to happen. Um, and the fact that I was involved in the movement now, whereas back, you know, 10 years ago, I was 10 years old and I didn't know what was going on. Um, but seeing how, you know, Lucha led the effort, 
and the coalition was in on it and everybody was pushing and creating content to really get the word out. Um, but it's also that these SB 1070 plus bills are directly tied to the voter suppression bills that are also right. going on at the legislature, um, which are all tactics to, you know, disenfranchise, criminalize and intimidate the. I think that just go, goes it really goes back to the point of why now like these things are still happening or at least people are still reaching so that these things can happen again. So I think now more than ever if not back then like it's important to become aware and at least try to get engaged in whatever way that you can whether that means just donating your time energy whatever research and if you can't donate with your time donate with your money that is fair we start name dropping organizations (laughs) and campaigns (laughs) yeah which will come later (laughs) but no yeah like yeah because if they were you know set on doing it under an obama presidency yeah you know who's not now that it's the reflection of arizona in 08 onto the national level it's a pretty terrifying thing for our communities and our community should be awake and aware mm-hmm. um also to note that basically the generation that was of kids that was impacted or was able to see the effects of sb 1070 are now the kids who are able to vote uh, so i think that has a lot of power um and so yeah that's why we're trying to get the word out you know make people aware that these issues even if you're not an immigrant or you're not undocumented or you're not POC, you should still care because it's your community and we want a, you know, more inclusive and progressive future that serves us all. I think with that, that wraps up our show for this week, but please stay tuned. We'll have more cool episodes coming. And like we said earlier, many more conversations to happen, many more uh, discussions that we're going to have and all our experiences and our thought process that goes into those. And we are For the Republica. We are a Fuerte Network podcast hosted by Juan Hinojos, Angelica Cesar, and Irene Franco. And we would like to thank Emily Kirkland at Progress Now Arizona for the support to grow this progressive digital movement and the Arizona community for inspiring us to be part of the change. Sound and video engineering brought to you by Dom and Zenia from the Fuerte Arts Movement, video editing by Alfred, and theme music by Nicolás. Lastly, thank you to our listeners for being part of the movement. Stay tuned for our next episode on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Uh, We look forward to connecting with you all further. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good night.